is Christian Questions. Gandhi once said, The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And we're glad that you have chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, what is the subject this morning? Well, Rick, our question is, what if it's not your fault? It's not my fault. What are you talking about? (laughs) Theme text is Hebrews 8.12. For I will... Be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Well, here's the thing. We all know what it's like to be wronged, and we all know what it's like to do wrong to someone else. Like it or not, we all know that part. We also have all probably experienced being accused of or assumed to have done wrong when, in fact, we're entirely innocent, in in that circumstance anyway, because I'm sure you've been wronged in other circumstances. That's right. Is it right or just to ask for forgiveness when we are not in the wrong? Let me repeat that. Is it right or just to ask for forgiveness when we are not in the wrong, when we didn't do anything wrong? What are the guidelines of this whole forgiveness thing anyway? I mean, forgiveness. Like, uh, what, what, is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, you know, does God ha- does it have too big a billing here? Or, or is, for- is there value? Yeah, I mean, you know, just get get over it, will you? <laughs> <laughs> is that the way it's supposed to be? So, folks, we're going to be talking about forgiveness this morning and what it means and how it works. And we'd love to hear uh, some of your experiences in relation to forgiving and being forgiven, especially if there's been a situation where you didn't do anything wrong. And somebody is, is, is all miffed at you. Uh, and what do you do with that? Rick, isn't forgiveness supposed to be therapeutic? You know, for, good for your health? It is supposed to, to be. Not to hold this anger. And As a matter of fact, Dr. Farrah Hughes in our first soundbite, which we'll go to right now, talks about the health benefits of forgiving. And, and, and listen, she doesn't get into technicalities, but listen to the list of things that she talks about. Looking at... Um cardiovascular functioning, but also stress and immune system functioning, cholesterol. Believe it or not, forgiveness is directly linked to lower cholesterol levels. There are, you know, if, if you need convincing on why you should forgive someone, here you go. You're going to live longer. People have studied blood pressure, heart rate, um, other, kind, other indices, which I can give you those references if you want. So cardiovascularly, there seem to be benefits of forgiveness. So there you have it. It's worth it. Lower your cholesterol. Who needs medicine? Take uh, take forgiveness instead. I mean, don't not take your medicine. Don't <laughs> don't misquote me on that. But the, the whole point is there is it is therapeutic. Okay. And from a scriptural standpoint, it it it, it ends up being that way as well. See, to forgive is to make someone sit against us lose its relevance in our life. So we're not always thinking about it. Right. It's not always grinding at it. So that's what forgiveness really means, to make someone else's sin against us lose its relevance in our life. 
All right? So let's begin by establishing the mindset for forgiveness. Forgiveness releases us from damaging emotions. Like you said, it, it's therapeutic. And there are scriptures that, that indicate the, the therapeutic nature of that kind of an approach to life. Proverbs 14.29. He that is slow to anger is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Now, when you think about it, you, if you are hasty of spirit, you exalt folly. And, and if you, folly, foolishness. Mm-hmm. And if you're exalting foolishness in your life, it's never going to get you anywhere. Right. Uh, you know, unless you're a comedian and you can get paid a lot of money <laughs> for it. And those are very few and far between. Uh, Proverbs twenty five twenty three. The north wind bringeth forth rain, so doth a backbiting tongue. An angry countenance. An angry countenance. You know, your countenance is, is the way you look. Imagine carrying around that, that, that furrowed brow of anger. Grumpy old men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I just hope that you and I, when we get a little older, don't become grumpy old men. Me too. I, it's just not a vision that I, that I would like to, uh, to see. But again, the backbiting, th- those kinds of things, they bring out negativity, and when we don't forgive, we carry those things with us. Ecclesiastes 7.9 Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. So, in the heart of fools, you're, you're, you're harboring anger, and we all know that when you do that, when you live on anger, it just it is going to shorten your life. Yeah. And it's going to make everything look uh, look dark. And it's going to touch everyone around you yes. and bring them down. Yeah, and so it's, it's contagious. It is. Proverbs uh, 19.11. The discretion of a man maketh him slow to anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. It's the glory of a man to pass over a transgression. And we think wow, about... Wow, that's value. Right. But now you think about it. I mean, have you ever been wronged? Oh, yeah. And is it like, hey, the best thing I'm going to do today is not worry about it. I'm just going to pass right over it and move on with life. Wait, no, I'm going to justify I wasn't wrong, and I'm going to tell you why I wasn't wrong. <laughs> well, and that's exactly the point. Our, our knee-jerk reaction to yeah. this whole thing uh. is one of, of making it right or demanding that it be made right for us, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about how forgiveness works and perhaps some experiences of, of being wronged or doing wrong and, 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 and the problem process that you may have gone through or may have observed. Our number is 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. And, and Jonathan, I want to just quick note off the subject, just real quick. Uh, last week, we had some technical difficulties in, uh, in our uh, Tennessee station. Yes, we did. And we were not able to, to be on live last week. So, folks, some of you I know uh, don't have computers and you can't go online and you, you can't listen online. So, they actually are rebroadcasting uh, Christian Questions from 1 to 3 this afternoon on that radio station. They're re- rebroadcasting last week's program. But if you can't make that and you'd like a copy, give us a call. Let our call screener know and we'll send you a CD. We'll just say we'll, it's free. We'll just because we want you to have the program. It was about um, the, the effects of demons influencing our lives. Very important program. And again, that number is eight six six nine eight five. 
888-432-4255. All right. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Jonathan, as we go through the subject of forgiveness, let's go to some practicalities in understanding the whole process of forgiveness. Uh, this guy, Fred Luskin, is a Ph.D. He w- he's a former scientist, and he sort of changed his focus in life when he began to see the immense... Uh, properties of forgiveness in life. So this is from a website called shiftinaction.com, and this is Fred Luskin speaking. He's going to give four points about skills uh, that are trainable to help us become forgiving in our lives. We developed a, a forgiveness training based on four very simple trainable skills. Become more grateful. Practice that religiously, relentlessly. Open your heart all the time to what you have so you recognize what the open heart is. That, that's a central practice of forgiveness because the opposite is what we do, which is the world didn't give me enough, therefore I'm entitled to complain. You want to focus on the fact that the world did give you enough and there's nothing to complain about to balance that out. That is a powerful statement that he made. I love that attitude. It, it, is, it, is, it is life-changing. And in the world in which we live, in this country, what happens when something goes wrong? You know, somebody does you wrong? The, the knee-jerk first reaction is, I'm going to sue them. You're right. And, oh, and, how sad. Well, think about it. How, how many frivolous lawsuits there are over frivolous little things because you have the sense of, well, the world is cheating me. They owe me. Right. And, and, and Mr. Luskin is saying, look, focus rather on what you do have, what you have been given, so you can rest in those things. Become more grateful. And he we, says, we live like princes in this country. We really do. We, even, even the average person who maybe doesn't have a lot of money and maybe even living week to week, check to check, the fact yeah. is you have a, a, a roof over your head, you have probably a cell phone and... and Indoor plumbing. And, and, right, and, and food to eat mm-hmm. and places to go and transportation yeah. and heat in the win- winter and all of those things. I mean, we have so much become more grateful. That's the first trainable skill. And that's the interesting thing. Gratefulness is a trainable skill. We don't have it naturally. Right. You have to... It's like going into training for something. You learn how to apply that grateful attitude and that is a basis for true forgiveness. Again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And this is a great program to sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. It's a free service, and you'll have an email sent to you after the program. And it's got graphics, illustrations, bonus material, and Rick, basically things we just don't have time to cover in our program. All the scriptures are written out there so you can see them, and uh, it really, really helps to get the lesson. So that's, again, at, at ChristianQuestions.com. Only place in the entire world you can get Seeker Rewind is ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, let's get back to the attitude here. Forgiveness is founded in a humble heart that is truly drawn to a godly perspective. And gratitude is one of the bases of that humble heart. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians five fourteen to 18. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one repays anyone with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That is a way to apply gratefulness. Take that scripture, take it apart, and focus on it each and every day. This is refrigerator art. Put it on a sticky yes. note, yes. stick it on the refrigerator, keep it that attitude right, because that's an attitude for success. So, 1 Thessalonians five fourteen to 18, refrigerator art. You heard it here first. <laughs> what about asking forgiveness when we didn't do anything wrong? Does this fit into godliness, or is it just a way to avoid trouble? Now, we're going to go to a scripture, Romans 12, 9 to 19, and again, the question, what if you didn't do something wrong? Should you be asking forgiveness if you didn't do something wrong and somebody just misunderstood you? Let love be without hypocrisy. See, right there. If it's, if, is it hypocritical to be asking for forgiveness if you didn't do anything wrong? Go on. Abhor what is evil. Is it wrong to ask for forgiveness when you didn't do something wrong? Cling to what is good. See, the good isn't the good thing to stand up for what you really did. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Okay, so you've got all of those things, and the question is, is is it right or wrong to ask for forgiveness if you haven't actually done something wrong? Well, now let's listen. Let's jump to verse fifteen and listen to the rest of these verses. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. So perhaps if you haven't done something wrong, but someone is weeping, we're supposed to enter into that. Yes. Mm-hmm, that's kind of interesting. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And that is a key. We're going to come back to that in the next segment. Um, So the question is, is it wrong to ask for forgiveness if you didn't do anything wrong? And folks, we're going to want to hear from you on that in, in the next segment. Jonathan, we got a great soundbite here. It's a little hard to understand. This is Corey Tenboom. She was in a Nazi concentration camp for several years in World War II, uh, lived to tell about it. Uh, she is a Christian, and this is her actually being confronted by one of her tormentors after the fact. Let's listen to this. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin. And there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel aufseers, guards, in the concentration, concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian. I have found the Lord Jesus. I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world. Also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? So she's asked the question, will you forgive me? Someone who <clears throat> was a Nazi officer in a concentration camp and tormented and tortured her. Oh my. That is a question of forgiveness. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan, here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what if it's not your fault? Coming up, Do you live a life of forgiveness or do you harbor hateful grudges? Are you mad at your parents, exes, or siblings? Why? That's next. (laughs) 
You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what if it's not your fault? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we talk about this subject of forgiveness, um, what we want to do is is really focus on the practicality of it. That last soundbite at the end of the last segment, Corey Ten Boom, being... Uh, again, a concentration camp survivor being confronted by one of the Nazi uh, tormentors. tormentors, guards, several years after the fact, who said to her, look, I was wrong, I have become a Christian since, I'm asking you to forgive me. And he asked the Lord to bring him someone that he could personally ask forgiveness too. So what do you do with that? Because wow. that's not just a little bad thing that you uh, do. Oh, you know, that's not wow. just insulting somebody, or that's not just taking their pen, or you know, this is this is ruining somebody's life for years and years and years. And not only yours, but friends, family, right. everyone you know. How do you manage that? Folks, we'd love to hear from you on that. 866-985-4255. Uh, Jonathan, let's go back to Fred Luskin, our PhD friend, who is talking about four teachable uh, steps, if you will, to be able to better uh, get into a forgiving way of life. This is from shiftinaction.com. Second, it's a stress management approach that you have to calm down your nervous system. You just have to do that. Otherwise, the stress chemicals are going to cause your thinking to become very limited and very narrow and very hostile. So if you don't manage the stress of the unforgiveness, it's very hard to get past it. So manage the stress. So first was... Become more grateful. Right. Have gratitude drive you. And second was manage the stress in your life. Otherwise, the stress chemicals screw up your thinking. And that's an interesting thing that we, we don't think about is, is when you are under stress, your, your, your brain releases certain chemicals that skew the way you see things. Wow. So do you want to be skewed? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so let's get this, uh, let's understand forgiveness and, and, and begin to develop it in our daily lives. But the question is still outstanding. What if you didn't do anything wrong? Should you be asking uh, for forgiveness even if you were, were not in the wrong? Uh, John, Jonathan, we are talking about repenting because part that's half of the equation in, sure in many cases, repentance. In the scriptures, there's actually three different words for repentance. Two of them are very similar. But the first one is a little bit different. What does that first one mean? Regret. Okay, to care afterwards, to regret. The second two, what what are the definitions? Uh, To think differently, uh, reconsider, uh, feel compunction. Compunction. Now, there's a word we don't use too often. I know, I know. What does compunction mean? It's an uneasiness of mind due to feelings of remorse or guilt. It's like a twinge of conscience. So, the idea is to reconsider. So, one of them seems a little deeper than the other. Yeah, it does. Let's look at... Examples. The first one was, you know, to care afterwards to feel regret. Matthew twenty-seven three is a good example of this particular word. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. So he regretted what he had done afterwards. 
That, that's the regret. Right. Now, you say, okay, well, what does that really mean? We're going to just touch on a parable that Jesus taught in Matthew 21, 28 to 32. And Jonathan, we're just going to read uh, 28 and 29. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. Well, you didn't hear any repentance in there. The words Rick changed his mind are the same word for repent. So the thought behind this first word for repentance in the scriptures, and folks, this is important because when you understand how repentance works, a lot of times I think we have the wrong sense of what it means to repent. Okay. All right? So this is going to help us get the right sense of it so we can put the whole forgiveness thing in order. What this particular word for repentance means is actually just simply, well, you know what, I was going this direction. You know what, I'm, I'm, I'm just going I'm, I'm to do something different. Okay, it's, it's, not a, it's not a life-altering experience. It's just a simple altering of direction. Okay, nothing, okay. nothing big, nothing... It's deep. not deep. Right, that's, that's, that's a... See, that was easy. <laughs> Very shallow. Yes, it is. It's it just, um, I was going to do this. Well, no, you know what, instead of doing this, I think I'm going to do that. It, it's that kind of changing your mind. Okay. That's what that first word for repentance is. And repentance, obviously, plays a role in, in forgiveness. Now, it doesn't necessarily play a role in all forgiveness. Okay. There can be forgiveness where there is no repentance. Now, we'll, we'll, oh, I, I want to find out about that. We'll, we'll how, get to that. How's that work? We'll get to that later on. So these two words, Jonathan, let, let's kind of compare them. We went to some commentaries. I think it was from McClintock and Strong's to get a sense on understanding the difference between that, that, that lighter word and the deeper word. And again, folks, as we talk about forgiveness and repentance, we'd love to hear your thoughts at 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Go to our website, ChristianQuestions.com, and become a Twitter follower and learn about upcoming programs and any new updates posted. All right, ChristianQuestions.com, and don't forget CQ Rewind. I am telling you, folks, you're going to love it. It is a great uh, supplement to the two-hour broadcast every week. It gives you the scriptures. It gives you the, the commentary. It gives you, it, it's easy to read because of the graphics and illustrations. And the most important thing is it's only available at ChristianQuestions.com, and it's free. There yes. is no cost. There is no obligation. We believe in the scripture freely you have received. Freely, freely give. give. And we have a team of volunteers that puts that thing together. Oh, yeah. A team of people that puts that thing together. So, ChristianQuestions.com for all of that. Jonathan, let, the differences between the two words. The, the first word, the lighter word, what does that refer to? It refers to an emotional change. Okay, versus a change of choice. Okay, oh, okay, emotional change versus a change of choice. A choice does not have to be emotional, but it is a directional thing. Good, good, okay. Okay, the first word what? His reference to particulars. All right, it has reference to particulars, to particular things that you're going to say, okay, I don't like it that way anymore. The second word is, has reference to your entire life. Oh, that's much more. So it's much more transformative. The deeper word, if you will. And, and then, last, last comparison? Signifies nothing but regret, even amounting to remorse. Okay, that's the lighter word. Mm -hmm. The deeper word for repentance is that reversal of, of moral purpose known as repentance. Reversal, and that's key. 
you've changed direction. So the difference here can be characterized as emotional versus actual change. Ah, and that's big. It is. A good example of that, when, when, you, when you have children and one child does something wrong to the other child, that's never happened though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as a parent, you go to your children and you take the two of them, you, you sit the two of them in front of you and you say to the one who did the wrong, now say you're sorry. And they, that childlike, I'm sorry. I mean, is that real repentance? It's not. No. It's, it's like, okay, I'm doing this because... My, so I can move on. Yeah, because so da- dad's not letting me get out of this chair until right. I say I'm sorry. Right. Now, okay, how do you get a child to be sorry for what they did? See, that's the key. That's the key, and that's the difference between these two things. And that second word for repentance here is aptly uh, described for us in a, in a few other scriptures, Matthew 3, uh, 1 and 2. Now, this is the true, real, deep repentance that we're talking about that really can provoke great forgiveness. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He is talking to, to his, the Jewish community, and what is he telling them? Make a heartfelt change. Right. Turn to the Lord. He's basically saying, you have not been following the God-given law that has been in, 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 possession, in our possession for generations, so change the way you live. And, and John the Baptist was not one to mince words. Oh, no, he wasn't. And so when John the Baptist says, repent, he's not talking about saying, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking about changing the way you live. Why? Because who, the, the man coming after me is going to show you a brand new way. And until you change the way you're focusing on life, you will not be able to accept what he's going to bring. So he is talking about stop, turn, and then progress. That's what he's talking about. That's true repentance. That is. Stop, turn, and then progress. Acts 17, 30 to 31. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the whole world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And this is the man that followed after, after John the Baptist. This is Jesus. And he's saying that uh, everywhere, everyone is commanded to repent, to change the way you live. That's the key of this. That's the key. And uh, Acts 5.31 essentially says the thing, same thing, focusing on Jesus as the Savior and repentance uh, for Israel. Now, now, Jonathan, let's get back to just for a moment before we go back to Corey Ten Boom, because she was presented with a real serious challenge. She was. To forgive someone who had done extraordinary harm to her and who knows, hundreds and thousands of other people. But before we get to that, let, let's... let's touch on that question we keep asking. Well, what do you do uh, if you didn't do something wrong? Should you ask for forgiveness if you're not in the wrong? I mean, what do you think? What, what's your sense on that? Um, keep peace with everyone. Absolutely. So is it hypocritical, though? Is it hypocritical to ask for forgiveness if you haven't done anything wrong? Folks, if you have a thought on that, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. Again, we're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And stay connected to Rick and I at ChristianQuestions.com no matter the day or time. 
And, and then at the beginning of the next segment, I'll, I'll sort of weigh in on that. Okay. Is it hypocritical or, or, or not? Let's go to this next soundbite, Jonathan, because we want to give some ample time to talk about it. Uh, this is, again, Corey Tenboom. She was in a Nazi concentration camp for several years. Her sister died in the concentration camp with her. And the one of the people who was responsible for her sister's death, along with the torture and death of many others, was a Nazi guard who... After the world World War II ended, found Christianity, changed his life, found Corey Ten Boom, and said to her, "I am asking you to forgive me for what I did to you." Here's here's what happens. And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw. When I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus' coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. Talk about brutal honesty. Really? And and the dilemma, the life dilemma of being faced with your, a tormentor and being asked by that tormentor to forgive and all you feel is hate. And is the hate not justified? Well, it is. Uh, it is justified. Because he was a monster. Not only to her, not only to her sister, but to thousands of other people. Day after day after day after day after day, he was a monster. And yet now, he's coming back and asking forgiveness. And she says, and I couldn't do it. I could only feel hate. See, this, folks, this is, this is classically the dilemma that we face in dealing with such an important subject as uh, forgiveness. And, and Jonathan, remember, forgiveness, the basic premise we work with is the definition of sending away when you sending something away that's what forgiveness kind of really means and we'll get to that next segment when you send something away it still exists though it's no longer relevant to your life that has everything to do with the situation that we find Corey ten boom in absolutely okay therefore to forgive is to make someone's sin or perceived sin against us lose its relevance in our life the question is was she going to be able to do that after such a heinous and horrific sin had been committed against her and so many other people for so long? That's the core of what forgiveness really is. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what if it's not your fault? Coming up, does God forgive? How about the Jews that sent Jesus to the cross? Does God forgive heathens and pagans and atheists? Does he really? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what if it's not your fault? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. 
And Jonathan, that is a, an important question. Well, what if it's not your fault? What do you do? And, and for, for me, the, my take on that is you should ask for forgiveness, but don't be admitting something you that you didn't do, that's hypocritical. Rather, if I've done something, I, we were talking and I said something to you that I didn't mean in a, in a bad way, but you took it personally. And, you know, you walk away very upset with me. And I f- figure that out because, you know, sometimes it might be hard for me to figure it out. My wife would probably have to tell me, Rick. Guess what you did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and my, my conversation with my wife would be, yeah, but that's not what I meant. And she, and she would say, but that's not the way it came out. And so... My responsibility would be to go to you and say, hey, listen, Jonathan, look, I, I said such and such. I really didn't mean anything malicious by it. I was trying to be funny. Apparently, I wasn't. I apologize for any, any misunderstanding and any, any pain I might have caused you. Now, I'm not saying I did something terrible because I didn't. My intention was good. But sometimes our well-intentioned words or actions do not come across well. That's so true. And so it's okay to ask for forgiveness when the way they come across is not what we intended. To, to ask for forgiveness for the pain and the difficulty and the misunderstanding and because that just lifts the cloud. Good. So I like that. That's such an important part of this whole thing. Anyway, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And stay connected to Rick and I any day or time at ChristianQuestions.com. Exclusive videos, audio clips, our great rewind tool, and much, much more right after the show or any day this week. Jump on to ChristianQuestions.com. All right. Four different words for forgiveness in the New Testament. Jonathan, this first word, I think, is is the most important word because it does not relate to our forgiveness one to another. That's right. It means a freedom or pardon. Pardon. When you pardon somebody, what do you do? You take them away from the consequences of whatever it is they did. When you pardon them, the consequences no longer apply. Here's one of the uses of this word, Ephesians 1.7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The pardon of sins. And where does it come from? Jesus' blood. That's right. We That word never applies to us forgiving one another. And that's key. We can't pardon someone else. No. Let, let's go back to Fred Luskin, our PhD friend from shiftinaction.com. He had told us a couple of things uh, in, the, in the first two segments about the process is learnable things for, for uh, dealing with becoming forgiving. That's right. Become more grateful and stress management. So let's hear what number three is. Third, and Lyndon alluded to this, and when I talked um, to Marilyn the other day, both of them were struck by the simplicity and the necessity of changing that story you tell and how many people are just attached to a story that paints them as helpless victims of something unpleasant. That story is probably the worst thing that we do to ourselves, not the events that happen to us. That a story of helplessness creates a helpless immune system, creates nervous system dysregulation, creates all sorts of patterns in the brain for thinking. That's just what happens. When you change the story to something else, you give your body different pathways to function, and then you give your mind different pathways to open to. So he says, change the story that you tell yourself. Don't tell yourself you're this helpless victim, because that is the worst thing you can do. Oh, that just keeps you down. Right. 
and it and it feeds the 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 angst and the yeah. anger like we were talking about in the first uh, first segment of this hour. So what a great piece of advice. Change the story that you tell about the situation where you've been wronged. Another word for forgiveness in the New Testament, Jonathan, is an, this word is very broadly used uh, and it covers godly forgiveness and human forgiveness. What does it mean? To send forth or away. And that's key. To send something away from you. This is the word that most clearly reflects our forgiveness of one another. A good example of it is in Matthew 18, uh, 21. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Now, it's interesting because according to Jewish law and tradition, to forgive an, uh, another three times was, was considered a very adequate thing to do. Okay, so but Peter, that's it, though. Peter, three only. Peter <laughs> comes and he says, well, Lord, should I forgive seven times? And Which he's thinking... twice, over oh, twice yeah, as much. Like, <laughs> boy, I mean, okay, I'm going to be really generous. And Jesus' response to that, of course, is no, 70 times seven. He's saying, Peter, stop counting. That's that is 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 that sending away, send away the wrong done to you. Don't let it uh, permeate and overtake your life. And so now, with that in mind, Jonathan, next soundbite, next soundbite is a tough one. Oh, it is, Rick. This is about Gary Ridgeway. Ridgeway. He is a serial killer. Has killed many, ten, twenty, thirty. I don't know, lots and lots of people. And uh, this was at his sentencing. And this 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 segment we're gonna we, we we found this on YouTube, anger and forgiveness because you know people have an opportunity to speak about the, the loss that they've they've been given as a result of this person's actions. You listen, there's two different things that happen here in this, but listen to this carefully. This is about a serial killer, somebody that you rightfully you should be angry with. Let's listen to this. Gary Ridgway sat there stone faced as victims' relatives damned him and mocked him. He's an animal. I wish for him to have a long, suffering, cruel death. He's going to go to hell and that's where he belongs. But then the emotionless facade finally cracked when the father of one of his victims appeared to surprise him with a dose of human kindness. Mr. Ridgway, um, there are people here that hate you I'm not one of them you've, you've made it difficult to live up to what I believe and that is what God says to do and that's to forgive you are forgiven sir that's powerful Oh, that is. Now, the interesting thing, the important thing is because, you know, sometimes we look at that and say, yeah, but he deserves punishment. And the forgiveness doesn't release him from the punishment. But what it does is it releases that man. That's right. Who was forgiving him from carrying the anger because he was trying to be godly in his approach. Is it, is, is it justifying what, what the guy did? No. No way. No, he's not saying, I love what you did. He's saying, I I'm, want to love you humanly. I hate and despise what you did. It was wrong. There are consequences. But I can personally forgive you. What a powerful, powerful thing that is. Um, before we go to the phones, Jonathan, one other word for forgiveness here that we just want to touch on. It's broadly used, uh, um, but rarely it's translated forgive. It's translated to free, to relieve, to release, to 
dismiss, let die, pardon, and divorce. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and in Matthew twenty-seven seventeen. Therefore, when they are gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. Release means forgive. And um, in Luke 6.37, just read that quickly, then we'll go to the phones. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Release, and you shall be released. That's kind of the, the thought behind that. Let's go to the phones. All right, well, we have Keith from Tennessee. Good morning, Keith, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Um, thanks. Jesus, death is dying. The death of our son won't be no more. I'm going to try to avoid getting into the Civil War, although tomorrow mark, marks the 150th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg, um, which was the turning point of the Civil War. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about Deuteronomy 28 in the past, you know, with respect to those... Uh, court decisions in, in 1799, 1892, and 1931 uh, that America's a Christian nation following each with... Uh, okay, with, uh, Keith, what, what, point. Of, our of point, America. my friend, our point. Let's and, go. Uh, but three, I never mentioned that three days prior to Gettysburg, um, the, the Confederacy declared that it was not a Christian nation, and it started losing, and there's a lot more I could say. But let me say that I'm half... My, my father's people were Confederates or descendants of people who fought for the Confederacy. My mother's people were Yankees. And when I was young, there was a sort of a family feud, which really soured relations, uh, you know, of the two sides of the family. I mean, uh, they were basically still fighting the Civil, the American Civil War, which, um, you know, uh, seemed kind of pathetic to me as, as a kid. But, um, you know, there... Uh, may I say that there are prophecies there's going to be another civil war, and this time around the American government will be anti-Christian. The, the 12 to 15 states that revolt over the mark of the beast or whatever will be pro-Christian, and the rebel states are going to win the next time, according to those prophecies. But, uh, all, time right, time. all right, all right, Keith. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not quite sure. I was hoping he was going to get into the family feud and, and learning how to forgive over that family feud, and, and hopefully that's what his intention would have been, and we'll, we'll accept it as that. But uh, look, we're, we're focused on forgiveness in practicality. And, and he does bring up an important point, Jonathan. What happens when you do have an issue where there's a long-standing uh, uh, feud, if you will, a bunch of folks on one side, a bunch of folks on the other side, and here you are, you sort of grow up in that. How does forgiveness, how, what role should forgiveness play in that kind of a situation? Because, you know, you have ancestral wrong done. It's not just today, but it's, it's generational. That's right. Should we be able to be and willing to be forgiving in such a situation? That's a great question that Keith actually stimulated. So, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. Jonathan, we're, we're almost out of time for this segment. Let's go to the final soundbite from Corey Ten Boom, the concentration camp survivor. In the last soundbite, she said, I could not forgive this man who was a guard at the concentration camp who asked me several years later for forgiveness because he had come to Christ. I couldn't do it because I hated him, but then I realized if I'm not forgiving, I'm, not, I'm going to be missing out on forgiveness from God through Christ. Here's what happens. And then... I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father. 
that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. Boy, I'll tell you what, I, I, I just shiver wow. as, as we listen to that and, and how she came to realize that it's through God that forgiveness can be made because of Jesus' sacrifice. And she reached out and she shook his hand and, and she said, I could feel the love of God streaming through my arms. Folks, that is the core of forgiveness. Listen, if we're not on in your area in the next hour, we've got another story for the next hour that is just as gripping as this in terms of examples of forgiveness. So if we're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us for that next hour. Jonathan, there was one other word I used for forgiveness very quickly, and what does it mean? Favor. All right, and it's broadly used in the sense of having a big heart. One scripture on that. For unto you is given... In the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So the word given means this favor, which is sometimes translated forgiveness. So favor. So we have several different aspects of forgiveness. The key thing is, we cannot pardon someone else in personal forgiveness. But we can send their sin, or their proposed, their, their supposed sin, away from us, so we don't have to live with the sickness of that sin bringing us away from God in Christ. In the next hour, we're going to talk about the practicality of how do you make all of this work and look at forgiveness in action in many, many ways. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We're talking about an incredibly important subject, forgiveness. What if it's not your fault? Check us out on Facebook. Leave your comments there. And we will be back after the news and all that. But till then, forgiveness, it's tough. We'll be back. Think about it. is Christian Questions. Dr. Dick Tibbetts once said, With forgiveness, my life is no longer defined by the pain, but by the future possibilities. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, what is that topic this morning? It is one of the most important topics I think that we can talk about. You're right, Rick. And our question is, what if it's not your fault? Well, then you're off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> the theme text is from Hebrews 8, verse 12. For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. So we're talking about forgiveness and repentance and how all of those things work in our daily lives and forgiveness and repentance are hard they are rick because most of the time forgiveness doesn't come easily and most of the times repentance true repentance turning around changing your life uh, from what you did doesn't come easily either 
So we're talking about two very difficult things that when we apply them will make not only our life, but the life of those around us much better, much higher quality. That's right. When we don't apply them, which is the natural thing to do... Uh, we bring down the people around us right. in and our lives. So everything comes goes down to a lower level of existence, and boy, doesn't Satan love that. Oh, he does. So the idea is understanding how to get these things to work practically in our lives. So folks, if you have any thoughts about forgiveness, any, any practical experiences or applications or observations, we'd love to hear from you at 866 Nine eight five four two five five. That's toll free. Eight six six nine eight five four. All we are live Sunday mornings from seven to nine, and that means we're on right now. And the conversation continues online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and our always updated blog. Let's talk about forgiveness. Does forgiveness imply releasing someone from consequences? That's an important question. We want to spend some time on that, uh, our forgiveness one to another. And remember, Jonathan, regarding forgiveness, the basic premise we're working with is the definition of sending away. When you send something away from you, does it cease to exist? It still exists. Okay, but it's no longer relevant to your life. See, that's the important thing about forgiveness. So therefore, to forgive is to make someone's sin against us lose its relevance in our life. It doesn't mean it takes away the sin itself. See, that's pardon. We can't do that. But it makes that sin irrelevant to our daily existence. And that, my friend, is enormous. It is. It takes that weight off. So in the the first hour, we were listening to... uh, uh, Fred Luskin, Ph.D., talk about uh, teachable uh, perspectives on how to become more forgiving. And we went through three in the first hour. This is from shiftinaction.com. And we're going on to his last teachable perspective. Let's listen. Last, we teach certain arguments, very simple arguments, about whether or not the world owed you anything different. Like, prove that you really were, there was an error, and you didn't deserve the mother you got. I mean, prove that. And so these simple skills are trainable, but I would have to say that I still don't know actually how to teach forgiveness. I can teach these skills, and they tend to make people more available to forgiveness, but there's still something ethereal or consciousness or spiritual or grace or something that still has to fill that human space beyond just those skills. And I don't fully know what that is. What a, I, I love listening to the guy because he's clear and then he shows you his own limitations. And he's basically saying, look, I can teach you the skills that make forgiveness available to you, but I don't know how to teach you how to be forgiving. And I don't think we, don't, we know either. That's right. That's all, we, right. all we know is let's define it. Let's show its principles. Let's show it in action. Show its benefits. Show its value. And then say, folks, it's up to us individually to choose to live a forgiving and repentant life. So that covers it both ways. That's right. All it right? does. So let, let's look at, 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 Jonathan, one of the great scriptures in the Bible is the Lord's Prayer. Yes, of course. So let's look at the Lord's Prayer. I'm, folks, I'm sure you all know it. We're not going to read through the whole thing. That's Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. But it, it's amazing to me how much of the Lord's Prayer is about forgiveness. Wow. I never even looked at it that way before. It, it really is. And we're just going to touch on those parts. So l- let's go ahead. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So, honored be your name. And now, let's skip down to the forgiveness parts. And forgive our debts 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So that last verse was the verse after the Lord's Prayer. And, but that's the thing that Jesus focuses on. He says, here's how to pray. Here are the things you should have as, as the centerpieces for your prayer. And the thing that he focuses on immediately is the forgiveness aspect. So forgive us our debts. Does that mean, well, does that, you know, you, you owe, you know, $37.24. Does that mean you forgive that debt? Is, is that <laughs> what it's talking about? Not literally, no. No, that's not what it's talking no, about. No, it's not money, but our sins and transgressions committed that take us out of balance with God. You see, there's a, there's a balance that, that financial matters can, can be a picture of. There's a balance that we have with God. When we sin and transgress, we are out of balance. We owe. And that applies to us as we apply it to others. Yes, yes. So... If we are, and that's what Corey Ten Boom was saying in the sound bites in the first hour, is she realized that if she wasn't forgiving, she would lose forgiveness. That's right. That's and there, right. there's a balance. So when we, when forgiven by God, we do undergo. Uh, do we? The question is, do we undergo just an emotional change, or do we undergo an actual change? See, that's a question, folks. When you are forgiven, when you say yes, I committed a sin and I asked God forgiveness and He forgave me. Are you acting forgiven, which means you've changed directions, or is it just, yes, I'm, I'm, I, I feel better, but are you better? See, there's a difference. Is there a change? So are you accepting the full forgiveness that God gives, or are you just accepting a part of it that, that solves your, your emotional difficulties? And so that's important. Being forgiven and forgiving ought not to be like a New Year's resolution. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> New Year's resolution, you're all gun-ho about it, right? And this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to change my life, and then three days later, you're back to normal. Right. Forgiveness, sometimes, Jonathan, we, we apply forgiveness just that way, and it's only on an emotional level. And folks, we're missing the whole point. Well, Rick, let's go to the phones. We have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. You know why I think this is a great, uh, important topic, and that is because it relates to our daily uh, lives and uh, daily challenges, sometimes momentary challenges. You know, we, we challenge by the hour, by the moment, and how we deal with other people. Uh, I like the quote you just gave. Uh, was he a professor, a minister, where he said, uh, I don't know how to teach it because it relates uh, what did he say? He he said that I can teach you the, the, the tools to use to get to forgiveness, but I don't know how to teach forgiveness. There's something else. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my answer, my analysis on that is because it uh, has to come uh, from a relationship with our God. Isaiah 26.3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And to have that peace, we have to have the relationship with God, and it's, it all evolves also about faith. Faith is a key factor in this uh, issue of forgiveness. Uh, I'll leave you with a cute saying about uh, forgiveness. Uh, to err, quote, to err is human. To forgive, divine. The revised version, to err is human. To blame somebody else is more human. <laughs> God bless. Thanks, Julius. <laughs> Thanks, Julius. That's good. That, that really puts it in perspective. And uh, he's right. When we have a godly perspective, we can find that perfect peace. And see, that's transformative. It's not emotional. See, peace is not emotional. 
Peace is transformative in your life. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, being forgiven and forgiving brings peace. It takes focus. It really, it really, really does. So let's go to another story, Jonathan, for this hour. This is a story about a woman main, named Renee Napier. Uh, it's being told by a gentleman by the name of Matthew West, who is a Christian singer. And uh, he is telling a little bit of her story and her struggle with forgiveness. Over the past few years, I've been on this journey of writing songs inspired by the real-life stories that people sent to me. This one story in particular has had a profound impact on me. It hit me kind of hard. It's about a woman who did the impossible, and it made me ask myself if I could do the same. Renee had four kids. Two of her daughters were twins. Megan was coming home from the beach one night with her best friend when their car was struck by a drunk driver named Eric, a 24-year-old kid. Megan lost her life. Eric killed both girls that were in the car. Renee lost her daughter in an instant. Next thing she knows, she finds herself in a courtroom watching this young man, this 24-year-old man, get sentenced to 22 years in prison. So a harsh reality of life. Her daughter is killed by a drunk driver. And so here, that sets the context of the story. And... Well, next segment and the segment following, we're going we're to develop this story. It's a dramatic story, folks. You've got to stay with us to hear the impact of this particular story. Uh, so, Jonathan, as, we, as we, we sort of think on that in the background, Ephesians 4, 25 to 32, helps us to put this for the, 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 the whole concept of forgiveness in, in perspective. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Now think about this, putting away the falsehood. The story we tell ourselves about being victims and about about getting get, getting the raw deal and and you know it's not fair and blah blah blah. That's a falsehood. Mm, it that's truly a good point. is. It's a falsehood. Put away the falsehood and let us speak the truth. Let us speak the right story, not only to others but to ourselves. So because we belong one to another. Be angry but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. And that shows the necessity of a forgiving attitude and a repentant attitude because, you know, be angry but don't sin. Don't, because when you are angry and you act on the anger, you make room for Satan. Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And angry words never give grace to those who hear. No, they don't. Forgiving words, repentant words, always always do. They are transformative. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. So put away all the junk. Forget it. It's not going to transform your life. What should you do in its stead? Be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. And those word for forgiving there is favoring. Remember there was one of those, those yes, four words was yes. favoring. So, Jonathan, here, here, here's the key point. If we hold on to an unforgiving attitude, if we hold on to it, it will 
not might. It will affect us physically and emotionally as our thinking and our life will be continually influenced by its, by its clear and powerful influence. It, it, it's like, a, it's like a, um, a recyclable story that's on a, on a, on a never-ending tape yeah. that replays again. <laughs> it's a loop. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> it's a loop. It's on a loop. It, it, it plays again and again. And I'm sure you've had that experience. Oh, I have. I have. I have. I hate it. That loop, it just keeps, <laughs> and it just, it, just, it just keeps coming back again and again and again. So because we're affected physically and emotionally, we will undoubtedly be affected spiritually. That's right. That's just, that's just part of the equation, folks. And, and it's a choice that we have. And that will directly detract from our ability to follow Christ. Philippians 121, what does that say? For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So, remember, to forgive is to make someone's sin against us lose its relevance in our life. The event still happened, and the results of the event are still intact. But the relevance of the act against us has to be diminished. That's the key to forgiveness. No, we don't take away the consequences. The events still happen, and the consequences are still there, but we are different. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what if it's not your fault? Coming up. If someone sins against you and shows no repentance or forgiveness, do you forgive them anyway? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what if it's not your fault? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we go through this subject, this very deep and important subject on forgiveness, uh, we want to look at comparing our forgiveness of one another to God's forgiveness. Because there is a big difference between the two in some ways, and in some ways there's some great, great similarities. So we want to see if we can uh, unfold that. As we get started, though, let's go back to Fred Luskin, Ph.D., one more time. This is from ShiftInAction.com. He is teaching on forgiveness, and uh, he had given us four teachable points on how to prepare our minds to be forgiving. But he says something in this particular soundbite that I think is so relevant to the way we end up living if we truly do not apply forgiveness. I meet people who tell me 10, 15, 20, 30 years later that it still makes sense to them to say nasty things about other human beings. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm truly astonished by that. Um, I'm, I'm astonished by it in the sense that most of us fail to deeply embrace our mortality. So we think we have forever to spew this stuff out. You know, that, that there, there, either there's no accounting or... There's not this profound temporal like power that, that no matter what has happened to us, no matter when it's happened to us, we're done soon. What a great, great thought. He says that people tell him, you know, 25, 30 years after the fact that, you know, yeah, sure, you know, they did me wrong. And it's right for me to, you know, to, to talk badly about them. And, you know, Jonathan, you're carrying this massive amount of anger. It's like a tumor. Yeah, it's, it's cancerous. It, it's, it's, it's an emotional and spiritual tumor that will eat away at your emotions and your spirituality. It's going to, because you know what? Tumors need to feed on something. Yeah, good and point. They're going to feed on you at the expense of you. 
Unforgiveness is a tumor. It is an emotional and spiritual tumor. What a great example about saying, look, you've got to embrace your mortality. You don't have forever to be angry. Get over it and find the value of life again. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Uh, and, and, you know, Jonathan, your, your wife, Jewel, she didn't want to get on the mic. She's here. She's You know, Rush Limbaugh has a program observer. Well, Jewel's our program observer. That's right. <laughs> she sent me a quote on, on this, and it says, it says, holding a grudge is letting someone live rent-free in your head. <laughs> <laughs> and how profound is that? That's huge. And again, it's 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 eating you up if we do that. So let's look at God's forgiveness. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Without shedding of blood, there is no pardon. That's what the word means. That's God's forgiveness. Pardon. That means he erases the sin. See, we can't do Thank that. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't do that. No, we can't. We can simply send the sin away from us. That. So, so how is it that God can remove our sins literally and pardon us? Well, God, through Jesus, it was the satisfaction of justice. Through his son, justice was satisfied. A life for a life, for, right. That provided true forgiveness. Luke four sixteen to 21. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written. So, Jesus is, is beginning his ministry. He goes into the synagogue. He opens up specifically to a very specific scripture. And folks, this is a life-changing scripture. When you understand this prophecy, this changes the way you live. Or it can if you let it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. So when it says he has sent me to proclaim release, that word is the word for pardon. He has sent me to pardon the captives. So, so, so here, here's the picture, Jonathan. In your mind's eye, we're looking at this forgiveness through the, the sacrifice of Jesus. The release here, the pardon, is not just the opening up of the prison door. It is a full pardon, an opportunity to leave the prison, to walk away with no, with no scars, to leave the prison and to go on and live without the previous consequence of the previous sin. Wow. That is the forgiveness that God can give. That is something that is complete and it's overwhelming. It is. And if we can find ourselves living in that forgiveness, the secret to our forgiving one another begins to open. Because if you've been forgiven something great, it is much easier for you to forgive something smaller. I like that. That's great. And, and, and it's just a powerful, powerful story. So let's get back to the application of that. With the sound bites about uh, Renee Napier, uh, the story of her losing her daughter uh, to a drunk drunk driver. The story is being told by Matthew West, who is a gospel singer. So let's listen to the next next part. Renee wrote to me and said, "I now have a mission that I never would have chosen." What she meant by that is that in the years that followed, she began to travel around to schools and churches and different functions, and she would speak about the dangers of drunk driving. But as the years progressed, she felt like something was missing from her presentation. 
And that's when God put it on her heart that she had not forgiven this man who took the life of her daughter. And so she reached out and did the impossible. She reached out to Eric in prison and said, I forgive you. So it's interesting what happened here is like so many people who suffer great tragedy, the, the, the mission of their life changes. And hers did. The mission of her life now became to alert people, to alert the public in general about the dangers of drunk driving. And you say, wow, hats off to her for being willing to do that and having the passion and the drive. It cost her so much. It did. It did. And, and, but she said after years, she's feeling like, well, you know what? Something is not, something's not right here. I'm, not, something, I, I'm incomplete. And that is when she realized that she had not forgiven the man who had killed her daughter. Now, the man didn't do it on purpose. But he was foolish, uh, and, and, and the circumstances where he was drunk, he shouldn't have been driving, and he, and he killed her. So he, she went to the prison, sought him out, and told him to his face that I forgive you. Now, that's powerful. That is. Because that's a, that's a kind of a story, you know, the Corey Ten Boom story for the, from the first hour. Sometimes we have a hard time relating to that mm-hmm. because it's World War II. It's in an era that we're just not familiar with. But this is today. This is in our world today. So how is it that our forgiveness is similar to and or different from the forgiveness of God? Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And go to our website, ChristianQuestions.com. There are over 500 archive programs that you can listen to. Again, that's ChristianQuestions.com. And don't forget about one of our favorite things at ChristianQuestions.com. And what's that? CQ Rewind. CQ Rewind. It is a free service. You go there. You sign up. There's no obligation. And what you get every week is an email that has a PDF attachment to it that gives you the, the, the transcript of the program with the scriptures and illustrations. It's great to read. It's a great tool to have to remind you how important a subject like forgiveness really is. And a lot of bonus material that we just don't have time to cover. Exactly. So let's look at our forgiveness to each other. Jonathan, here's a question for you. Is repentance required from someone who sins against us if we're going to forgive them? Is repentance required? Yes. Or no? It could be both. Okay. So, and, and the scriptures tell us that. See, that's the interesting thing. The scriptures answer that question two different ways. So you say, well, which way works? Well, stay with us. All right. Here's a scripture that shows the part repentance should play. Luke 17, verses 3 and 4. Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if the trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. So there's obviously repentance involved here, right? Yes. And that repentance is changing, a, you know, real change. Now, you know, if you've got somebody who sins against you seven times in a day, <laughs> there's probably an issue there. Yes. But yes. do you say, ah, oh, you know what? You're you're too far gone. I can't forgive you anymore. Is that what Jesus says? No. He says if he repents, if there's a sincerity, forgive him. Forgive him. And and forgive him. Push the sin away from you. So there is definitely repentance that plays a part. And you say, okay, so I should always never forgive until there is repentance. <laughs> that is a question that many ask because of that scripture. Right. So let's look at Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 31. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. 
And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. There's no thought of repentance in this scripture. No. But it's talking about doing good to those who abuse you and praying for those who, who curse you. And That's right. It's talking about having a forgiving attitude. Do it anyway. Right? Regardless of what the other person is doing. So what's the difference? How come one of them says, well, you need to have repentance in place, and the other one says, well, no, you really don't? Are the scriptures contradicting themselves, or is there more to this? Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And if you have any questions on our subject, give us a call or ask your questions at ChristianQuestions.com or go to Facebook or email Rick directly at rick at christianquestions.net. And Jonathan, we get some great questions at christianquestions.com. Folks, we really appreciate you sending the questions in. Uh, they And they really help to round out what, what things are about here. And a lot of times, questions come in, and you know, I'll look at a question and say, you know what, that would make a great radio program. And so, You've done that several yeah, times. Yeah, many, many times. So folks, if you have questions that are really on your heart and mind, don't hesitate. Go to christianquestions.com. Let us know those questions. I've got a quote for you, Rick. Yes. And it goes like this. The first to apologize is the bravest, and the first to forgive is the strongest, and the first to forget is the happiest. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. See, it's, it, a lot of times little quotes like that help to put the whole thing into great perspective. And that's the attitude that we, which, which we should have. But now let's get to this, uh, and that will be in CQ Rewind, the full edition, I promise you. All right. It's going to be right there. It's going to be big, so, so you, can, you can, it's a refrigerator art, item, art yep. refrigerator art item there. Okay, so what's the difference, Jonathan? Is repentance required or is it not required? The first scripture versus the second scripture. Well, the first scripture, it, it is regarding your brother. All right. If your brother trespass against you. And the second is regarding your enemies, those of the world. So Jesus is telling us, Jesus himself is telling us, you should treat your brother differently than you treat those who don't know better. Okay? That's well, big. Some, yes. Uh, the first text shows communication also, and the second shows persecution. So there is a communication between the two. There is a sin and there is an actual communication back and forth where the second is not either, there, there's no there's no interchange happening. That's right. There's just there's just evil events happening to you. Another difference is the first text specifically says to forgive and the second text says to love, bless and be humble. So there's a difference then. We should hold those of the brotherhood to a higher standard than we do those of the world. And it's for our good and their good to do that, right. isn't it? Yes. Yes, it that is. That higher standard. And, but the, the, other, the other part of this is, though, if you have a brother that, that sins against you, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they don't know. You know they, they, maybe they're oblivious to it. Or maybe you misunderstood something. Then you ought to approach them and say, hey. Communicate. Exactly. Right? So where communication is available, repentance is appropriate. See, that's the thing. That's the key thing. But with people who don't know better, Jesus says, you know what? You should be forgiving of them anyway because you don't need to carry it around. And Jesus, because we were pardoned for such a great right, sin in our right, lives. Right. And Jesus did the pardoning and he lived with that kind of persecution. 
So again, the provocation to forgive can come um, <clears throat> first from someone's recognition for their need of forgiveness, namely a brother in Christ, for they should know better, and in the other case, regarding those still in the darkness of the world, from our own desire to lift up those who may have hurt us for their own good. And you know, it gives you a sense of responsibility really is on your shoulders. It is. To A, communicate where it's appropriate and possible. It's not easy to communicate, but it's worth it. And and. See, Forgiveness, repentance, communication, most of those thing, most of the time rather, those are not natural. No, they're not. But they are required to live a fulfilled and peaceful life. And remember, peace in your life is not emotional. Peace is transformative. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, true repentance, true communication brings peace. And that is powerful stuff. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject, what if it's not your fault? Coming up, what is it like living a forgiving life? Is it peaceful? Are you content? Is it freeing? Are you courageous? What else? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, what if it's not your fault? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, we're going to get into really the results of living a forgiving kind of a life uh, in this segment. Before we get to all of that, though, Jonathan, why don't we go right to the phones? All right. Well, we have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Happy Sunday, guys. To you, too. And we have Psalm 6930. But I am afflicted and in pain. Let your saving help protect me. We fear to forgive because we believe that our anger will protect us that it will bring us justice, that it will make us whole again. Jeremiah 20:13. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has rescued the life of the poor from the power of the wicked. The key to the Christian's forgiveness is trust. Trust that God protects us, and that in his kingdom all will be right. Jesus died <clears throat> not just for the many, but for you. Matthew 10:29. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin, yet not one falls to the ground without your father's knowledge? Randall, thanks so much. Appreciate God bless it. you guys. Take care. I love what he said about we, we are afraid to forgive because we figure our anger is going to protect us. Mm. And we hide behind our anger. And we wh- do. What a mistake that is for the quality of a Christian life. So, Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Jonathan, uh, let's go back to Fred Luskin uh, one more time here. Um, and he gives us something important in terms of helping us to recover from when, we, when wrong has been done to us. And, and it turns out that people recover from difficulty better if they limit the number of people they complain to. That what's really effective research-wise is to choose one, two, three, maybe four people who you share how difficult things are, and keep your mouth shut to the rest of the world about that aspect of it, but get real support from those people that that care and support is essential. 
So it turns out that people who tell a small number of kind of trusted people, that research is they get through it. People who tell nobody and, and don't have support, they have the hardest time. But right behind them are the people who are blabbing to everybody how tough it is. So th- there's, there's great wisdom in that. You have a few confidants that, that you share your, your pain and difficulty with. And then you don't need to talk about it anymore. Because the more you talk about it, the, the bigger the problem becomes in your own mind, the worse the story becomes, and the harder it is to recover. Just let it go, people. <laughs> <laughs> Words of wisdom from Jonathan. Just let it go, I quoted. <laughs> Finally, Jonathan, we, we all need to live an attitude that allows forgiveness to pass to us and then pass through us. That's big. It is, because if we can apply the forgiveness of God through Jesus to us, mm-hmm. then it gives us the power and the strength and the fortitude and the wisdom and the maturity to have it pass through us to those around us. Folks, we want to go to a soundbite here, and if you have a thought, now would be the time, 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL, we're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Our website, again, ChristianQuestions.com. This is a tough soundbite because it's close to home. This is one of the moms from the Sandy Hook shooting. Her name, uh, or the, um, the son, the, the boy who, who was killed, his name is Noah Posner. He was only six years old. We got this from OdysseyNetworks.org. And she's talking about her struggle with this concept of forgiveness. This is touching, and this is hard, and it hits right at your heart about the core of the matter of forgiveness. One of the evenings of the Shiva, I did light a candle for my son and for the shooter, Adam Lanza. It's something I did more for Noah than I did for myself. Because he never held a grudge about anything. You know, he would get into a fight with his sister, but he would forgive very quickly he'd be right back to doing whatever they were doing before the argument he just wasn't he liked to see the best in people and um, I just did it on his behalf I don't think I'm there yet but I was trying to be there and put myself in his place that's powerful because here's a woman who lost her son a baby for all intents and purposes for no reason for no there's no good reason and yet she is struggling with being forgiving in her heart and of course it's going to be an incredible struggle but yet she's willing to fight that fight because she knows she understands the through her son's own example at 6 years old and that's the key that childlike forgiveness and moving on you know we can all look back and see that that's the way we were at a young age and and don't we have to be like little children ourselves to be acceptable by our heavenly father that's one of the things that jesus tells us for good reason so very touching example of the struggle to be there and she said i i and here's an important principle i did the action even though i'm not really there yet because i'm trying to get there and that's that's 
programming yourself That's to, big. to get there. It is enormous. What a great, great example of someone rising above great, great tragedy. Uh, Jonathan, again, really quickly back to God's forgiveness. Psalm 103, 8 to 13. We'll just read a few verses. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. So, you know, the, the world is sinful. We deserve the, the, the wrath of God for being in this sinful state. But this is, this is showing how God sees it in the big picture. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. So it's saying his loving kindness is, is bigger than you can, you can fathom. That's right. And as far as the east is from the west, so far... Has he removed our transgressions from us? Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So, again, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sins from us. What an example for us to apply one to another. So now let's go to the next soundbite. This is Renee Napier, story uh, being told by Matthew West about her deciding to forgive after several years the man who killed her daughter in a drunk driving uh, crash and the, the end result of this. This is, again, this is another very powerful lesson. The ripple effects of that act of forgiveness are still being felt today. That young man's life was absolutely changed because this woman forgave him. He said, I can't even forgive myself and she forgave me. Eric said he found his eternal salvation as a result of this act. One by one, all of Renee's family members followed her lead and they reached out and expressed forgiveness to Eric. So much so that now they describe Eric as part of their family, like a son to Renee. The story doesn't stop there though. Renee went to the courts along with her family and she was able to have Eric's sentence cut in half from 22 years to 11 years. This blew me away. The reason she did it is so that Eric could have a second chance at life and so that he could join her in their presentations. She told me that now she shares not only about the dangers of drunk driving but also about the power of forgiveness. That is the power of forgiveness. That's for sure. She helps him to get out of prison and what does he do with his time? He dedicates his time to, to putting his sin on display, essentially. That's right. To say to people, look, don't allow life to be ruined. Learn to be responsible. And then, and then she talks about the power of forgiveness because she was able to forgive him. And he changed as a result of this, as she changed and everybody around them changed. And think about how many lives were touched from him having that humility to, to say, don't do what I did. Wow. Forgiveness, whichever end of it you're on, gives us the ability to stir one another up. Forgiving, forgiveness passing to us. Hebrews 10, 19 uh, through 25, just selected verses. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Okay, being called out to Jesus. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That's forgiveness passing to us. Now, forgiveness has to pass through us. Continue the verses. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, 
but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So here you have a classic example of passing to us and passing through us, and the power of forgiveness. Jonathan, last soundbite. Matthew West actually wrote a song about the forgiveness of Rene Napier. We're going to just listen to just a small part of it as we wrap up this program. It'll clear the bitterness away. Even set a prisoner free There is no end to what its power can do So let it go and be amazed By what you see through eyes of grace The prisoner that it really frees is you Forgiveness Forgiveness Is that inspiring or what? Oh, it is. And, 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 you know, the thing about it, Jonathan, is it's that song, that verse, captures the entire concept of forgiveness. Passing to us, passing through us, the peace that is transformative when we are living a forgiving and repentant attitude just captures it all and, and just puts it in a form that you just want to take with you and sing along. Because yes. it, it, it puts things in perspective. One last scripture, Jonathan. Uh, part of the scripture, Matthew five forty three to 45. This is God's perspective on forgiveness through Jesus. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. And isn't that the core of forgiveness? It is to be transformed. Why? Because we have been transformed because we have been forgiven. You know, we, we owe a debt. There, there's a parable. We didn't even touch on the parable uh, in, in the program, but a parable that Jesus taught about the, 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 the two servants, the one who owed, you know, millions of dollars to the master, mm-hmm. begged for forgiveness, the master forgives him. The other owes, you know, 37 cents to the, the, to the other servant, can't pay, and the guy throws him in jail. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Jesus uses that parable to teach the powerful lesson. You are forgiven a debt that you could not possibly pay. That's right. You are forgiven by someone who had a debt that they didn't know. And they paid it for you. That's Jesus. So take that massive, life-changing experience and say, because that gift, that grace, that mercy has been applied to me, because I've been forgiven, I surely can be forgiving to those around me. Because the debts that others owe me are a pittance. They're nothing compared. So, as we quoted you from earlier, just what? (laughs) Just let it go. Just let it go. Forgiveness, folks, is the kind of thing that will change your life. And and in, in the words of that song as we wrap this up, forgiveness, show me how to love the unlovable, to reach the unreachable. Help me now to do the impossible, to see what your mercy sees, to give what you gave to me. 
forgiveness. That is the lesson for today. And folks, it's a hard lesson. It's a lesson that sometimes we visit it and we need to revisit it again and again and again because we are frail, we are weak, we are imperfect human beings and we may want to forgive and we may know it's the right thing but we still hold that grudge, we hold that anger, we hold that resentment. But folks, apply the forgiveness that you've been given and say to yourself, I have been given this massive gift I can certainly give a small gift of forgiveness or repentance, whatever is appropriate to those around me. It it will change your life. It will give you peace, and peace is transformative. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, we hope you've enjoyed being with us today. We certainly have enjoyed being with you. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and go to ChristianQuestions.com for all of your questions and thoughts. Until next week, forgiveness, a big part of life. Think about it.